The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, you and me, listener, just shh. We don't want this person to listen. But overnight, as you know, free speech absolutist Elon Musk, that's why I need to keep it down a little bit, has accused several high profile journalists on Twitter. He's effectively knocked them off the platform, claiming they were doxing him. That is essentially revealing private confidential information online. One of the journalists banned has been our very own Irish and Karasavine native CNN's Donny O'Sullivan. Let's just have a listen to what he's been saying about this. I have a platform. I'm here talking to you on CNN. There are other social media platforms. The First Amendment, despite what Musk and a lot of his supporters say, does not actually apply to Twitter. I think what is more concerning here, though, is independent journalists, freelance journalists all around the world, many of whom are covering maybe abuses and ongoings at Musk's other companies, Tesla, SpaceX. Think about the chilling effect that might have because, as Oliver said, many journalists rely on Twitter to get their work out there, particularly if they are independent freelancers. Now, that is Donny O'Sullivan. I think he's the only Irish person that I'm aware of that has been zapped off um, the platform for about um, 10, 12 hours, that sort of direction since the decision was taken. And the the bans are total. Um, As you know, on the hard shoulder, I often cover Elon Musk. I don't think I'm going to be banned anytime soon, but you never know. But my US equivalents, who have much bigger audiences, seem to have gone under his skin. A lot of them are just reporting on ordinary business matters. As he said, SpaceX, one of his companies, and Tesla, the other. Where does this leave them? We were told, of course, when Elon Musk took over the platform about a month ago for $44 billion, we were told, oh, he's going to be swinging the other way. He's going to have Donald Trump coming back. He's going to have very a lot of um, you know disinformation, hate-filled content spilling out. It'll be too liberal a regime, but apparently not when it comes to his own personal and private affairs. He seems to want to strike out in a different direction. So what does it all mean for the future of the platform? Does it, it going to affect advertising, I think, is one of the crucial parts that we want to keep a notice of. So Jenny Darmody is the deputy editor with Silicon Republic, of course, um, covering all things digital here from Ireland. Jenny, you're welcome to The Hard Shoulder. Thanks very much, Alice. Thanks for coming on. As I said, we'd better keep our conversation low-key. Just we don't want to, you know, <laughs> we don't want to be taken out here. But what, what did you make of the decision? Obviously, he's very personally involved in the decisions because we're told their content moderation team has been kind of cut down to size. So maybe that means he's more personally involved. Obviously, we don't know that. But it is very, very strange for these bands to come in so quickly and to be so absolute as well. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a U-turn. Um, as you mentioned, he, he proclaims to be a bit of a free speech absolutist and a champion of it. And um, this all kind of sparked from, it's not very clear um, explicitly why they were banned, because it just said they violated the Twitter rules. But most people have kind of come to the realisation that the link is that they've all been kind of covering the story that he originally suspended the Elon Jet account, which is essentially an account that was tracking the location of his private jet using publicly available information. Now, he previously said he wouldn't take that account off the table because he so much believes in free speech, but he did a U-turn on that and and suspended that account and then subsequently the journalist. So it's, it's a bit of a strange time where he was very much like, no, it's definitely free speech. And now all of a sudden it's yeah, no, and as you, as you say about, as you say, private jets are publicly available because you can see them landing in runways, you can see them taking off, the ownership details are out there. So it was a strange one in that sense to, to, to get so miffed about. It was. And, and the other thing is, um, you know, he there was a Spaces uh, chat. It's a group audio feature that's on Twitter where people can join Spaces and have an audio kind of conversation, kind of like you and I are now. But multiple people can join them. 
And it had an interesting kind of quirk where some of the banned users were still able to participate in that even though they were banned. So, you know, people who were already off the platform and some of the journalists that were mentioned, Drew Harwell of the Washington Post, for example, was on that. And Elon Musk actually joined to kind of double down on why he had banned them. And they tried to, you know, argue why they shouldn't be banned. And then he, he quickly left the spaces when he was being criticized for it. So I think it's it's very much like a a quick move, like a quick fire move, kind of a done without thinking sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, as we know, it is, it's is—it's an advertising-led platform, despite what he might say. I mean, I know he wants to look at things like subscriptions, but that's a totally different business model. It's mainly advertising-driven at this point. I mean, looking on, the advertisers must be saying, I mean, a lot of them are already nervous. Some of them have already pulled off. So they must be saying to themselves, do we want to get enmeshed in all of this? Do we want to have all this journalists coming on and off this platform and all the attendant publicity? It can't be good for the the business model that Twitter is based on, which is kind of a relatively simple business model. It's rake in advertising dollars, you know, provide the advertisers with the, the, the users, hand them over and monetize them. That's it. I mean, it's not wildly complex up to now, at least. Yeah, and and advertisers have already been getting shaky, as you said, ever since he even took over, having not done anything. And then his energy became more and more chaotic. He's been doing more and more things that have kind of sort of been damaging the platform, I suppose. And there's been a lot of talk around um, journalists and media organizations in particular about whether or not they even want to stay on the platform. Now, they're not like the big advertisers at the end of the day, but their movements will kind of determine how stable the platform is in terms of advertising. And, And many advertising companies have already kind of told their clients, you know, pause advertising until we figure out what's going on it's too volatile now jenny you're you're watching other platforms that's your job you, you follow a number of the social media companies is there any sense of alternatives out there i know obviously you've endless social media platforms but ones that are very driven by news current affairs we've heard of mastodon coming true are you getting any sense that there's people leaking away to them or what's your sense of that it's hard to say. There's there's already sort of, the, the established platforms are already there, like Instagram and Facebook and stuff, but they don't really work the same way that Twitter does. Um, and Mastodon, for example, is a really big kind of alternative that's come up through the ranks because of everything that's going on with Twitter. But equally, it's not really a place to promote your own links and things like that. But a lot of journalists have gone to Mastodon to kind of, you know, curate their communities there and build advertising there and things like that. So I suppose that's one of the bigger ones that's kind of gotten a bit of a a boost because of all the Twitter stuff. But there's a lot of, you know, everything's kind of almost there, but not quite there. So it's hard to say, but people have definitely gone to other platforms. Yeah, and it's a hassle to go elsewhere. I've seen people offering help to get onto Mastodon to other people. I mean, the resistance and the, the churn could be quite low because just the hassle factor is so big. Having said all that, I mean, Twitter... You know, it works well, but they're a company at the end of the day. They were lost making the last quarterly set of numbers they put out. So he can't let this go on forever. I mean, there's got to be some kind of denouement where the financial piece starts to become more prominent. He can't just end up in these endless wars all the time. I mean, it's, there's got to be a point where stability is reached or else the platform has a has a pretty bleak future, I would have thought. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely a concern, um, and there was definitely those few weeks after he took over, and it was so um, clear and so worrisome that everything was kind of going wrong, and and a lot of tech layoffs were happening anyway. But like, obviously, half roughly half of Twitter staff were let go, and it's a question of whether or not the platform itself can actually stay stable for as long as you know for the for the coming months. Never mind the advertising and the financial ramifications, but 
you know, there are people who know the tech behind servers and maintaining them and having that level of stuff gone. It's a wonder how long Twitter will actually stay without starting to get really, really and Jenny, So it's hard to know what will happen first. Sure. Do you, I mean, I, I wouldn't have in any way the confidence to explain this next question, but in terms of content moderation, he's slimmed down the number of people doing that. And you see reports that they're using more automated or algorithmic um, tools instead. In other words, artificial intelligence to do it. Do you have any sense of what, what that means and what the difference is? Is it just less intuitive when you don't have human beings doing it? Or what, what kind of effect might that have, do you think, on how the platform sort of looks and feels? It's definitely harder to do content moderation without, you know, having humans in the mix. Um, it's, it's a very difficult job doing content moderation and it does require a lot of people. And those jobs are actually really, really hard on the people that do them. Like mentally, it's quite draining and quite difficult to do. But you do need humans in the loop, as with a lot of technology. So letting a content moderation team go en masse is definitely going to be problematic. And it's going to let a lot of stuff slip by. The thing with algorithms is they don't really know what they're doing. They're not sentient at the end of the day. So both things that might happen is things might get blocked that shouldn't be and much more things that should be blocked will not get blocked was the main problem. Well, okay, listen, let's hope you stay <laughs> you stay at Silicon Republic and on Twitter for the next while. Jenny Darmody is the deputy editor there and Elon Musk, if he's listening in, Elon, we're going to keep doing our normal stuff here. What a ridiculous reaction over the last 24 hours. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.